the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. And I'm on. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. I got Ken by my side, and we're doing a show this morning on 860 AM. We're on. We're streaming on uh, YouTube and Facebook and drbillradiomd.com, and I'm, I think linked. I'm not sure, but i got to check all this stuff out one day, Ken. <laughs> what where I'm really at? I don't know, Matt. Sometimes I'm lost. Well, these are grave times, my friend. These are these are scary times. And we were talking before the show, and Ken was saying he was watching the, the refugees stream from the Ukraine into Poland. Uh, it looked like pre-World War II, World War II. And, uh, in high def, yet. Yeah. In high definition, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, this is not going to end well, and as Dr. Bill predicted, the Russian economy is going to tank. Their stock market is down 46% this year so far, this year. And uh, the ruble is down to, I think, two cents to a dollar. So if you want to, if you want to get more than a dollar's worth of rubles, it's 100 rubles. So one dollar will buy you about 95 to 98 rubles. So it ain't worth much. Hey, it'd be a good time to go shopping. I was just going to say, let's vacation in Russia. <laughs> Moscow's probably got some deals on rooms, too. Yeah. And, of course, uh, you can't get there now. You can't fly in there, right? I mean, has they pretty much closed airspace over Europe to Russian aircraft? I, I'm guessing they, they did. They, they should. Uh, it would only make sense because you don't want to feed them anything, and you don't want to allow their oligarchs and their families and their diplomats and their spies to go back and forth. We want to keep them, keep everybody bottled up for the moment and see what's going to shake out. It's, it ain't going to be good. No, this is not going to end pleasantly, no. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Baltic states, uh, Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, I'm sure they're, they're ramping up for war, and we're quietly streaming supplies and armaments into them and getting troops in there. I mean, we act like we're doing it all in Poland, but that that's that's just a faint. That's not uh, the only area that we're ramping up. Are and the three of them in NATO? Yes, they, they are. are. Okay, that's a whole different that's a whole different war for Mr. Putin. Well, but you know, if he's emboldened, if he thinks that the United States won't won't move, then he may very well say, "Well, they're really part of Russia too." <laughs> you know, we're taking them back. I can't see that happening. I really can't. It would it would destroy NATO. I don't think it would destroy NATO. I think NATO. If, if would. we didn't fight in a NATO country because we're right, yeah, I think we would fight. We would have to fight. Yeah, I think we would fight. I think Putin would misread the situation, and uh, would ramp up and and start invading the Baltics, and that would be uh, that that would be a declaration of war against NATO. Yeah, absolutely, and it would get really ugly then. And and don't forget, even Turkey is uh, they're they're part of NATO. I mean, they're not full members, but they're in the they're in the defense uh, league there. So 
there's only a few countries in Europe that are not part of NATO. Belarus, which uh, Putin took over, what, five, ten years ago? I can't yeah. remember. And uh, I don't think, well, of course, Switzerland's not in it, and I don't think Austria is in it. And a couple of the Balkan states are not in it. But for the most part, it, it's all of Europe. I mean, even Portugal is in it. So everybody's in it. We're, we're, we're up to our waiters. <laughs> and, you know, th this is getting uh, sticky, shall we say. So uh, also the, the SWIFT, uh, you know what SWIFT is? That's yes. an it's an international uh, uh, electronic banking system that the big banks and the central banks, they can move money around by going onto a computer and with the right authorizations and codes and all that, they can instantaneously transfer money back and forth. And the Russians are now out of that. We booted them out, baby. And so now if they want to move money, they have to go back to, to fax machines or telephone calls. And guess what? The big banks don't do that. They won't, they don't have fax machines anymore. They're gone. <laughs> That's that's a 20th century technology, dude. <laughs> and no, nobody's going to pick up the telephone from a Russian bank and say, "Yeah, sure, we'll be happy to move a couple hundred million over your way." Or so they they need money, and now their rubles that are in foreign banks because they sell treasury notes just like we do. Uh, you know, it's it's tied up, and they can't move it back over. So they're going into a cash crunch. Uh, their energy sector is crashing because of the cutoff of, of uh, oil and gas to the Europeans. And we'll see if the city of Biden can figure out how to ramp up our production and start supplying the Europeans and, and isolate these folks. It, this is a big mess, my friend. And like I told you guys, and you weren't listening to me, and now I'm telling you again, we're going to put Russia into a recession and it's going to be even more unstable because they're only going to have one option. That is to expand their war to keep their economy growing. Not well, a good Doc, um, what is his overall goal here, do you think? I mean, it's obviously not, I would think, unless he's going absolutely mad, it's not to start World War III. He wants that buffer from NATO, obviously. I think he wants, and he's made it clear that he wants to restore the old Soviet empire. And basically, that is most of Eastern Europe and uh, uh, parts of Northern Europe, Poland, U Ukraine, Belarus. Uh, I think that that's what he wants. But he's gonna uh, he's gonna have a heck of a problem with NATO once he starts going after places like you know Latvia or whatever. Well, yeah, but remember, if he can take and this, this would be my strategic thinking. If I could take the Ukraine, if I could take some of the smaller states and. Uh, get everything around the Black Sea I could and bottle that up, uh, then I would be able to protect that flank against the Turks coming up. And I would have enough resources and I could start drafting Ukrainians and other Slovakian nations in that area. And uh, I'd have an army built up. <clears throat> now, whether or not that is possible, I don't know. I, I, I think that he's made a, a, a big mistake uh, not just because he invaded, but because he is tweaking the nose of uh, a lot of countries, and they're they're mad and they're out to get him. They're, you know, they're, first it's going to be financial because, of course, Europe doesn't want another war. But you know, the Europeans are always fighting, so I don't know what's the difference. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I don't. I can't remember a time in my life when there wasn't 
some war going on in Europe, whether it was the Balkans or the Russians or the Turks or World War One, World War Two, internecine warfare. I mean, this goes back thousands of years. Even the Romans were fighting the Germans 2,000 years ago. Well, that's what the EU was supposed to prevent, correct? When they put it all in the, you know, everybody's on the same currency, the euro dollar, and um, it was all supposed to take away that difference and, and make everybody more compatible. And I think to a certain degree it has, but, you know, it's also gotten the Russians upset because they're like, well, you know what, guys? You're starting your own little club. We're going to start ours. <laughs> you know? wow. I'm taking over the eastern part of Europe. You can have the west, and uh, if you want to duke it out, come on. Well, if he tries to step into Germany, it's all over. Uh, it's not the same Germany it was 50, 70, 80 years ago. Yeah. They're, they've been pacified. They're, they're kind of like the Canadians now. They're pretty sheepish. Yeah, almost like the Japanese. They I didn't, told you. They didn't want to give any rough weapons to anybody. Yeah, well, now there's a big move in Japan to uh, start producing offensive armaments, which means they've been producing them. You know, mm. now, they're, now it's just starting to come out. But <laughs> I, it's, it's a difficult situation. And if you look at the situation in China and Taiwan, everybody says, well, China's now going to take this as an opportunity to seize Taiwan. I think what they're going to do, and this is what I would do before I took Taiwan, is I'd go ahead and finish bottling up the South China Sea. And uh, we have seen this coming, obviously, because we have been increasing our our naval presence in the South China Sea and, and boosting up our military, our, our ground troops in countries like the Philippines and Palau and uh, <clears throat> Taiwan and Japan and different areas. But I would take the South China Sea because if you can bottle up uh, the Straits of Singapore and you can bottle up all those little uh, – channels through the Malaysia and Indonesian uh, uh, and Philippine islands, you know, you've got, uh, you've got a really good buffer there because a lot of those states will join uh, the Western alliances in fighting China, whether it's the Philippines or little itty-bitty Palau or Taiwan, um, Japan, uh, Malaysia, Indonesia, Singapore, of course, is at, is at threat, It's and it's a jewel. I mean, it's a gem to have. Uh, there's just so much there, and, and the Vietnamese hate the Chinese, and they love Americans. Go figure that. <laughs> yeah, that's a turnabout. Uh, <laughs> they still love us. <laughs> but does China really want to do that? I mean, they want to fight everybody? Because that's what they'll be doing, essentially, fighting everybody from, um, you know, the middle of the Pacific. To, uh, well, back to uh, Vietnam and South Korea and all that. I, I We're pretty that, strong. Those nations are not weak. They, they've got their own armies. They're pretty good. Well, and remember the Vietnamese have defeated the Chinese a couple of times. You know, all of their warfare, all of their tactics they used against us, like the punji sticks and the caves and all that, they perfected that hundreds of years ago when they were fighting off the Chinese and they drove them out. So it's not the first time that, that they've encountered the Chinese. And, of course, people don't remember their history. I'm sure most of China doesn't remember or even care that, that they went to war with Vietnam in the past and tried to conquer it and didn't and couldn't. And uh, those were some powerful Chinese empires, you know, or whether they were the Mongolian rulers or, or, the, uh, or the northwestern uh, 
the descendants of what is my wife's tribe, the, the Koreans, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the northwestern part of the, or, I'm sorry, the northeastern part of the country, Manchuria, uh, that's the same bloodline as my wife's. And, and at one time, uh, the Koreans had an empire that encompassed a good chunk of Manchuria. So it's, but, you know, people who desire power uh, oftentimes are blinded. It's, it's, it's like making money your God. You'll never please that God because you can never make enough money. So it's the same with power. You can't get enough power. And that's what we see with, with people who, who have a lust for that. And we see that in our own political system. We've seen it with these Democrats that are in now. They don't care about us. They care about power. And they'll keep doing whatever they think they have to do to hang on to that power. And now they're dropping all the mask mandates in all of the blue states. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I, I noticed, yeah. Even my own I, Illinois finally said, that's enough. <laughs> I love it. You know, and then they're thinking, oh, crap, we're not going to get reelected if we don't do something. Yeah, yeah it so, just so happens the governor is up for reelection in Illinois this year. What a coincidence. Yes, he is. And yeah. so here's the thing, Ken. Here's the thing. Now, I want to tell you this. We'll get back to politics and, and, and uh, uh, economics and sociopolitical stuff in a few minutes. But I wanted to, before we get too far, oh, i got to tell you what I did this week. So one of the uh, main lines go, or the main line going out at the office, the sewer line clogged up and all the toilets are backing up. That's not good in a doctor's office. <laughs> not good in any office, Doc. That's not good in <laughs> So I thought, well, I'll save myself four or five hundred bucks, and I went out and I rented a fifty-foot snake. You know, one of those things that are looks like a real tightly uh, coiled uh, spring. Sure, I've used a lot of them in my lifetime. Yeah, and you know, you turn the motor on and you feed it in. Well, I made it out fifty feet, and I didn't hit anything. And I'm like, oh crap! And so then we flushed a few toilets, and everything started coming up all over the place. And I was exhausted by that time hauling things around, pulling toilets, and this and that. So we got a guy to come out and do it. Um, I think it was hometown or homeboys or something like that. Plumber, you brought a plumber in? Got a plumber in. 350, but he had a 100-foot snake, and he just barely got to it. Lesson learned. Get the biggest snake. Get the longest snake you can. Get the longest snake you can. <laughs> and so then... Um, the wife said, I don't like that old yellow toilet in there. So I have, you know, I've got a couple of toilets in reserve at the office. So then we brought in the new um, uh, handicap toilet, which is higher. It's white. It's pretty. It's hardly used. And we put that in. So he charged me 195 to do that. And I was like, oh, just do it. By that time, my neck was a mess. So it's been a week of activity. And then my neighbor, her mailbox door fell off. Our mailboxes are getting a little old around here. And the rivets that are holding the hinges onto the mailbox stores are starting to corrode away. Because, you know, we live in a, in, a, in a sea of salt air, salty air down here in Gulfport. So yesterday we, we replaced her, <laughs> her mailbox. And one of my neighbors and I was out there with my uh, Dremel uh, cutting the bolts off because they were rusted out. <laughs> oh, God. We finally got it on. It looks good. Now... Everybody in the neighborhood is jealous, and they want their mailbox replaced. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That's not an association thing? That's everybody's personal responsibility no. there? It's an association thing, but at the fire pit the other night, Gilda said, Bill, 
my mailbox door fell off. Can you help me and put it back on? And I went over and looked at it yesterday. And I'm like, this ain't going back on. The rivets are all busted off. You know, I'm not going to drill through this and piece of junk. By the time I spent that amount of time, I could have cut the bolts off and replaced it, which is what I did. Mm. So we have a few in reserve that the community owns. But rather than wait till next week when the handyman is here, she wanted it done. And I said, hey, you know, this is good PR. We'll go ahead and do it. She's a nice gal. You're just being a great guy, like you always do. Well, I have ulterior motives. I want to be reelected. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough to do good, my friend. It's you the power to... you want. It's the power you want, Doc. It's power. You have to be seen doing good. If That's... you're not seen doing good, it doesn't count because people don't know. And there's nothing wrong with being public about your your. Uh, affection for your fellow human beings let them know you care that's important i think anyway how you get reelected so, yeah yeah you get reelected so ken i, I got to tell you this the cdc is finally tracking uh, vaccinated versus unvaccinated uh, for hospitalizations and so if you are unvaccinated adolescent between 12 and 17 you're eight times higher to be hospitalized with the COVID. If you're 18 to 49, 12 times, and 50 and up, 17 times higher. Now, if you have had all three doses compared to somebody who has not had any doses, it's 18 to 49, 30 times higher likely to be hospitalized, 45 times higher for 50 to 64, and 51 times higher over 65. Can you believe that? Those are some big numbers. Those are big numbers, my friend. That is good stuff that the uh, CDC is putting out. Those are the kind of statistics I like to see. This is important, and uh, you know, I know that I can't make it mandatory that you get vaccinated, but I'm telling you, guys, you want to protect yourself, get vaccinated, and come see us. We got the vaccine. Yeah, it's we've a, got. What's the phone number over there at the office, Doc? 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And we've also got the rapid uh, antigen test, and we've got the uh, rapid PCR test now. So if you're going on uh, vacation uh, to a country that requires a PCR, or you're, you're going back to Canada and they want you to have a PCR, we got it. And guess what? It's only 30 minutes. So it's not a blood draw. You don't have to wait or a nose swab that goes out and you wait 48 hours. And a lot of people can. They have to have it within 72 hours of flying or getting back to their home country or going to Europe or whatever. Or going to Moscow. I don't know if you need to... <laughs> <laughs> You know, they may have waived it. <laughs> sure, we'll be happy if you come over and spend some money. <laughs> Everything. Not a lot of flights going to Moscow right now, I imagine. Dang. You know, I was looking forward to a trip there, too. I wanted to see Moscow before we take it off the map. You know, it, it's a probably a beautiful country, I would imagine. Well, parts of it, I'm sure. Yeah. You, know, you know, parts of it are just plains, you know, a lot of flat land. And, mm. uh, but then you've got the Ural Mountains, and you've got Siberia, and you've got Lake Bakayel, which is the largest freshwater lake in the world. I think it impounds like one-fifth of the world's freshwater. One-fifth. That is pretty awesome. That is as big as all of our Great Lakes put together, I think. Almost. Yeah. In terms of volume, I think we impound about a fourth of the world's uh, freshwater in the Great Lakes. 
Now, by surface area, Lake Superior is the largest lake, but by by volume, Lake Bacayel is. Mm. You got to remember, parts of Lake Superior are like three, four thousand feet deep. I mean, that's that goes down there a ways. <clears throat> I think Bacayel must be six, eight, ten thousand feet. I don't know. A lot of resources in Russia, a lot of beauty, uh, a lot of history, um, a, a lot of wars. They like wars. Uh, don't ask me why, but they like fighting. I would think they'd be happy with what the largest country. I, th I think if you put the United States and Canada together, we might be close to their size. I mean, it's a huge land mass. Huge. I, I don't know. You may have to add Mexico, too. Oh, well, let's throw them in there just for... Just for fun. <laughs> well, what about the people in Russia? How long before they start grumbling, as they say over there? Well, the, here's what I have heard. Um, I've heard two things. I've heard the Russian press saying the people are behind Putin and they're glad that he's doing it. And then the outside press is saying they're not happy about this. You know, they don't want to see their kids go off and fight uh, the stupid war like they did in Afghanistan. And remember, the kids that fought in Afghanistan are now parents. Mm, good point. And, you know, so they're thinking, are we getting into another Afghanistan here? You bet your blue booties. And guess what? Ukraine's a lot more powerful than Afghanistan was. And the Afghanis beat them, drove them out. And now you're taking on a country that is fairly modernized, has the backing of a lot of countries for weaponry and support. And they're just as determined as the Afghanis not to have the Russians take them over. So this is uh, this is going to be a tough a tough sell for Putin if he continues. Hopefully his people will will rise up and and he won't be the first czar that's been ousted because of stupid military uh, moves like this. Uh, you know this is not a good situation for him. Well, short Remember, of short of going the actual war with them and from a NATO standpoint. Um, really, I think the only thing that can really stop this anytime in the near future would be the people of Russia. Yeah, and I think that's who we have to appeal to. And I think that that's why these sanctions uh, might push them to that. If we get them into a recession and he doesn't have as tight a control as he, as he thinks he has, the people may say enough is enough. Now, will they have a true democracy? No, they'll just get another oligarch. Uh, <clears throat> that's just their nature. They've been that way since, what, the ninth century when Muscovy was first founded. And how do you break that habit? I don't know. I, I just don't know. You know, we are so uniquely different in that we never had, uh, uh, as a country, never had a monarch. We never had uh, a czar. We never had an oligarch. We've always had a democracy, a representative democracy, but a democracy. And uh, you think about it even from when we were colonies. Most of the colonies had some form of representative democracy. And I think that's very unique in the world. So we, we see it quite differently. But if you grew up in Russia with a thousand years of oligarchs and czars and, and communist bosses and all that, then you don't know any different, Ken. You don't know any different. And uh, you, you have to look outside. And I'm sure that most Russians are like most Americans. They really don't know what's going on in the rest of the world big country. Uh, you're busy with your own life and uh, you get spoon fed by the press what they want you to hear. So, and you've been relatively stable for 20 years, you know, so. Yeah. 
yeah, so you've got a generation of kids that have grown up in relative stability, but now some of their parents fought in Afghanistan and they're saying, I don't think this is a good idea. I'm not sure I want to do this. So we'll see what happens. I was, uh, excuse me, I was talking to uh, one of our employees here who's from Belarus, believe it or not. And um, she was telling me that in that particular part of the world, everybody is kind of uh, related to somebody else. So you've got Russians related to Ukrainians, Ukrainians related to Russians, Belarus, you know, everybody's family. You'll find somebody's family everywhere. What are the odds of the Russian soldiers saying, hey, my family's from Ukraine. I don't want to kill Ukrainians and just setting down their arms. Any chance of that, do you think at all? Or would they just put them up against the wall and shoot those guys? Yeah, you just put them up against yeah. the wall and shoot them. This is war, baby. I mean, yeah. you can't have that. It's like Stalin said, not one step backwards. So anybody who ran, they were shot. And uh, as the offensive, as the Russians went on the offensive in World War II after Stalingrad, they actually had communist uh, officers that stood behind the lines, and anybody that was retreating or running, they killed them. They All shot right. them. On the so you had that. You had two choices. You could run towards the Germans and fight, and you might have a 50-50 chance, or you could run towards the the uh, parachiefs, the the communist guys with the pistols and the rifles, and you would surely be shot. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it was your choice. <laughs> was a democracy you had a choice <laughs> well on that doc let's take a break <laughs> let's do it man <laughs> and we'll come back we got a question coming up yet today too a trivia question we a, yeah we got a trivia question so don't go away guys go grab a cup of coffee empty that bladder right now i'm dr bill your radio md With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Street fighting in Ukraine's second largest city today. Russian troops are squeezing strategic ports in the country's south and the prospect of peace talks uncertain. The advances today appear to mark a new phase of Russia's invasion following a wave of attacks on airfields and fuel facilities elsewhere in the country. The U.S. and its European allies have agreed to levy the most potentially crippling sanctions yet on Russia over the invasion. The new measures announced yesterday, including restrictions on Russia's central bank and cutting some Russian banks off from the swift global financial system. North Korea has launched a ballistic missile into the sea today in a resumption of weapons tests that come as the U.S. and its allies are focused on Ukraine. Some experts say the North is trying to perfect its weapons technology. Others say it's all about trying to get the U.S. to lift sanctions. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare, 727-384-6411. 
Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket costs a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. This is important news. If you have unfiled tax returns, the IRS is shifting gears and ramping up investigations on non-filers this year. If you fail to file your tax returns for a year or more or you owe back taxes now's the time to call optima tax relief before the irs finds you optima is america's number one most trusted tax resolution firm specialized in helping individuals families and businesses get right with the irs they're experts in the taxpayer relief initiative a powerful new program that can make resolving tax issues easier a plus rated with the better business bureau optima's award-winning team has helped thousands of people protect their paychecks bank accounts homes and businesses by putting their tax problems to rest resolving over one billion dollars in tax debts for their clients call optima now for a free consultation call 800-965-1433 800-965-1433 some restrictions apply for complete details please visit optimataxrelief.com imagine doing one thing that gave you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world i'm dinesh d'souza inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour in November of 2022. You'll gain first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. Walk the ancient temple steps and touch the Western Wall. Sail on the Sea of Galilee. Book this tour today. Call 855-565-5519 or book online at standwithisraeltour.com. AM860, The Answer. Online at theanswertampa.com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Plenty of sunshine for today with a high of 83. Mainly clear skies for tonight with a low 65. Partly sunny tomorrow with a high 78. And some low clouds Tuesday with a high 77. Plan with confidence. Download the redesigned AccuWeather app today. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. And we're back. That's a nice little ditty. I like that song. I do like it. It's got a nice beat. I'll give it a 10. Yeah, yeah, it does. So we're talking about the, uh, of course, the invasion of Ukraine and the COVID and the economy and the Russian economy. And 
we were talking about NATO. And Ken, did you know that Norway, Great Britain, Denmark, uh, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, Slovenia, Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria, Germany, Belgium, uh, France, Italy, Spain, gosh, who else is in there? Portugal, Turkey, Greece, Albania, Montenegro, Bulgaria, Croatia, Slovenia, they're all in it. And I think that the the, the, the uh, pact is that if one's attacked, they're all attacked. Is that is that not true? That is, I believe, called Article 5. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if he takes on any of them, he takes on all of us. I just don't see that happening. I, I just see him stopping with Ukraine right now. Right now, yeah. And maybe forever. Well, we hope. Now, now listen, I, you know, my sisters, who are all insane, but... <laughs> Love them, uh, even though I won't talk to them because it's just so aggravating. Uh, <laughs> but they have no problem calling you for a prescription when they need one. No, if they need me, they call me, which is okay. I mean, you know, that's what family's for. Ah, your brother, that's right. Yeah, and and our president here at our association, he thinks I should uh, cut off the people who have been giving us a hard time and not not be nice to them. I'm like, dude, if we're if we're snippy with. Uh, People that are friendly with other people, we might get a bad rap there. So just, you know, just be inclusive. Just pretend like you're Jesus or something, you know. <laughs> Turn the other cheek. That's right. So at any rate, so my sister like, oh, Trump's going to get us into a war. And I said, no, are you, are you, are you crazy? Trump's going to keep us out of war because he's going to build up the military. Peace through strength. You know, that's what we've always had. Uh, that's pretty much been the, the mantra since, really since, uh, uh, the 1790s, uh, even the, that crazy man Jefferson, he decommissioned the whole U.S. Navy and then built it back up to go to war against the barbarian pirates. So he figured it out. Took him a couple of years, but, <laughs> I but really, Teddy well, Roosevelt really, I think, drove that home. Teddy Roosevelt really drove it home. So I wanted to recap with you uh, our ten biggest wars by casualties. Okay, the first being World War II, which was. 291, 292,000 deaths. Who was president? Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Democrat. Second biggest kill, American Civil War, 215,000. Who was president? James Buchanan, Democrat. Did you know that he was president when a war broke out? I did, not, I did not realize that, no. We always think Lincoln, you know. Yeah, because Lincoln got elected after it started, and some of the southern states had, had already seceded, and then the rest of them said, well, if Lincoln gets elected, we're leaving and joining the uh, rest of these guys down here in the Confederacy. I, then, did, I didn't know that was that happened that closely together. I thought Lincoln was already president. I really did. Nope. And Buchanan is the one who threw up his hands and said, I don't care. Go ahead and, and secede. And they said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went back to – he actually ended up back in the Senate uh, after the Civil War. He was from Tennessee. And uh, he was opposed to the Civil War, but he didn't know how to stop it, or he didn't have the whatever you have to have to stop it. But now, Lincoln had it. He had what it took. So then we've got World War I, which was 53,000. Woodrow Wilson, Democrat. Vietnam, 47,000. JFK, LBJ, Democrats. Korean War, 33,000, 34,000. Harry Truman, Democrat. American Revolution, 8,000, that you can't really say was a, a party-related because uh, 
everybody was in on that. We were all for it. And then the smaller wars, Iraq War, 4,424 people killed. That was Bush in the early 2000s. And then Mr. Madison's War of 1812, 2,260 were killed. And guess what he was? Democrat? Democratic Republican. They were the forerunners of the Democrats. Wow. Right. It wasn't until Andrew Jackson came along a decade later that the uh, what we now recognize as the Democratic Party was formed. And then, uh, then we had the war in Afghanistan, which was, again, started by Bush, but Obama was in on that. And we only had 1,833 deaths. Did you know that? I know it's very low, surprisingly low, astonishingly low from what we thought we were going to have. Yeah. And then the Mexican-American War, I did not know it was this low either. 1,733 people were killed. Our soldiers were killed in the Mexican-American War. I thought it was a much bigger kill than that. That was Polk. And guess what Polk was? He was a Democrat. So we have two Republicans and... uh, eight Democrats for our 10 largest wars. Answer this question for me, everybody. Who starts wars? Trump? I don't think so. (laughs) Republicans? Not usually. Democrats get us into wars. And that's what's happening here. These idiots better stand up and do something. Not just uh, economic. They need to start sending troop uh, support into or equipment or something into the Ukrainians and help them fight these Russians off. We got to do it, man. Well, the nice thing about Trump is that he came from the outside. He didn't come from the political world. So they had people around the world have no idea what he was going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and he has and no track record on anything like this. So they yeah. they took they they treaded very lightly around Donald Trump. Mhm. Doc, while we're stopped yep. here for just a second, let's do the question. What do you say? All right, let's do it. Yeah, man. All right, we got a question here. For the winner gets uh, two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. And as always, the question in the second half of the show always deals with something that we talked about in the first half of the show. So today's question is, Doc had some trouble at the office this week, and he had to call in some help. Who did he call? Did he call an electrician? Did he call a plumber? Did he call a carpenter? Did he call a fireman? <laughs> well, it wasn't that kind of trouble. But who did he call? If you have the first... Correct answer, you will win the two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. Call right now. First correct answer to the question, who did Doc have to call in to get some help at the office this week? You will win those mugs, and they're beautiful, too. Ooh, ooh, can I know the answer? I know- <laughs> don't, don't, don't give it away. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's who he's going to call. That's who he had to call. I didn't even think about that, Doc. <laughs> All right. Well, where were we talking about? Where were we? We were in the, in we the were war, talking, I think, weren't we? And, and uh, the Democrats getting us into wars. And, and you know, Woodrow Wilson, he was, he was the prime example of the left-wing Democrat. He wanted to peace in our time, and he wanted to see everybody getting along together. He was basically a pacifist and an intellectual. And, uh, of course, he held off as long as he could. And then the Senate was just on him like white on snow. I mean, they were saying, you have got to get into this battle and and help the Europeans out or we're not going to have democracies in Europe. And uh, so then the 
Lusitania was attacked, and that had some American passengers aboard. That was in, what, 1917, and we, we came into the uh, war then. We usually come to the party late, which is uh, obvious here again. I don't know why we wait till the till till the third or fourth act to get into things. Do, do you understand that? Um, no, I really don't. But um, it's all local politics. I mean, it's all he couldn't sell it. Like FDR couldn't sell going into World War II. He couldn't sell to the American people. They were firmly against do, doing that. That's true. But they started to turn because he was working on them in the late 30s and early 40s, and they started to see some of the atrocities that were going on. And scratching their heads and saying, well, you know, what are the Germans doing this for? And I don't know. Well, I don't. I, um, we are slow. We, uh, we tend to finish it off. Well, and there, there may be some uh, madness, uh, some method to that madness, too, where you have uh, some time to reflect and to put things into order and see which way everything's going to go. And we don't have a standing army the way we did with, with, um, uh, even at the end of at the beginning of World War II, we didn't have much of a standing army at all. We have to build up our supplies and draft and all that kind of stuff and train these guys. So it takes time to do that. Well, that's why I keep saying uh, the the world is much smaller now, and we have to have and we still and we do have now a large standing army and and a, and a healthy military. We do not have the largest navy by number of ships, but we certainly have the largest navy by number of. Uh, uh, offensive weapons, uh, planes and missiles and that sort of thing. So the Chinese actually have more ships than we do, but they're, they're, a lot of them are not that big. Uh, you know, the Chinese, they, they claim the South China Sea all the way, <laughs> all the way to the Philippine and Malaysian, Brunei uh, and Vietnamese borders. I mean, they are, they're like uh, within spitting distance that they claim they own the South China Sea. Now there's some islands called the Spratlys, which are, between Malaysia, the Philippines, Vietnam, and uh, uh, the Chinese say, oh, those are ours. Well, they don't even have any bases there. They're, they're mostly atolls, but the, uh, the Filipinos, the Malaysians, and the Vietnamese have most of these islands and have claimed most of them and have uh, been working most of them as well. So I think that we got a big problem here. And if you look at that area of the world, Ken, you know, the Malay Peninsula comes down and it almost touches Indonesia. And then on the other side, on, on the east side of the peninsula, you've got Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam. And then you're into the South China Sea. So you have to go through the Straits of, of uh, Malay or the Straits of Singapore, whatever you want to call it, to get into the South China Sea. And as I've said before, a lot of the world's shipping goes through there. And you've got these heavily populated countries. I mean, Indonesia is a huge country. There are a couple hundred million people. And Malaysia uh, uh, is a big country. Uh, you, you've got a lot of, of offensive assets there. The Filipinos, they'll fight. They like to fight. Hell, everybody likes to fight, except for those darn Buddhists. That, that tears me up. I hate it when they won't come in and help out. <laughs> the Buddhists? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Philippines, you know, they've been invaded before. They know what that feels like, and it wasn't, wasn't very pleasant. Yeah, they actually have stood up and fought uh, a few times over the years, but they're they're a shrinking uh, uh, religion. It's too bad. It's a nice nice religion too. So we got the Philippines. So you got the South China Sea. It's surrounded by uh, Vietnam, the Malay Peninsula, 
Indonesia, Malaysia, Brunei, the Philippines, Taiwan, and then China is on the northern uh, border of the uh, South China Sea. It's a big shipping area, and there's a lot of natural resources and uh, uh, great fishing in the Spratlys, and I'm sure there's oil and gas in there, and, but I think we're supposed to be getting off of that. That's what Joe said anyway. He said, no more oil, <laughs> no more gas. And then he's going, hey, wait a minute. We're running out of oil and gas. <laughs> Nobody could get to work. <laughs> Can you believe the price of gasoline? I mean, it's going to go up to 5 $6 a gallon. It's possible, yes, it is. And that's here. In California, it'll be 8 or 9 Well, it should be. Those people don't need to go anywhere. We'll keep them bottled up over there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just tell them there's a new variant of the virus, and they'll all stay home. Yeah, yeah. And did you see where all the blue states now are dropping their mask regulations and letting people go back to work and go to restaurants and all that? Oddly enough, it's just in time for the election, the midterm election. <laughs> what are you saying, Doctor? This all's been political? Maybe a touch. Yeah, because we, we did all right here in Florida by not being so severe. We did. And, uh, you know, I have nothing but praise for it. I don't agree with everything that, that uh, uh, our Governor DeSantis says and does, but I have nothing but praise for him. I mean, he has really done a grand job of uh, leading us through this pandemic, of keeping us in the black, of keeping our economy from crashing. And you can't say that about a lot of states. I mean, they would not have made it without the federal government coming in and bailing them out and printing all kinds of money. Oh, my gosh. And when you, when you think about it, too, Florida is such a service state. I mean, it would, with all the tourism and everything, he did a pretty good job. You're absolutely right. Because that was one of the sectors that was hit, you know, the hardest. Oh yeah, because you know people didn't want to travel. I mean, just think of the Canadians. We we have ten percent of the Canadian population come to Florida every year, so that's three to four million people that visit just from Canada, and we have over a hundred million visitors a year overall. So our tourism industry is huge for a country or for a state of what twenty two million. We swell to a hundred million at times or fifty million at times. I mean. That, that's pretty healthy. We've become the largest state by, uh, by population, by people inside the state during the, uh, during the busy seasons, during the high, high tourist peak seasons. I mean, that, that, that's pretty remarkable. And we're able to supply and provide all of the necessary infrastructure, and uh, we can feed everybody, and we got tons of housing. We've got all kinds of restaurants and all kinds of uh, hotels and motels and resorts. That's pretty pretty phenomenal what we have built here in this flat little state of ours. And uh, DeSantis has kept it all going through this pandemic, which is uh, commendable. And I, I, I hope, I, I think he's going to run for president. Yeah, I think he is too. And I, I, he, he may just win. I, I heard one poll say that he's now more popular with the base, with the Republican base than Trump is. So uh, if he just doesn't say anything too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You know, anytime you say anything that that's not 100 percent accurate, even if it is 100 percent accurate, the left wing press will beat up on you, and that's not nice of them. They're not very nice people, you know that. They hurt my feelings. Oh, they well, I'll, I'll talk to them next time I see them. I wish you would. I would. I'll say, that's not stop hurting Doc's feelings. That's not nice. Hey, Doc, we have a winner. Who we got? We have from Clearwater, Florida, one of my favorite spots. 
Joan Johnston. Joan Johnston from Clearwater, Florida. She is the winner. She's getting two Dr. Bill, your radio MD mugs for answering today's question, which was, what professional did the doc have to call in when things went awry at the office this week? Doc, who did you call? Ghostbusters. (laughs) (laughs) No, we called a plumber. (laughs) (laughs) So, plumber showed up instead of Bill Murray. But you know what? You got your toilets unclogged, I'll bet. And we put in a new one. There you go. One of the old ones to run the snake through it. And the wife said, I don't like that. That's 30 years old. Get rid of that. And I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, so, we, got about, we got about seven minutes left, Doc. Where should we go next? What would you like to talk about, Ken? What What is it that you need to know about your life that you don't know that Dr. Bill can help you? With? I need to know why my, my foot still hurts. <laughs> Are you taking your medicine? See, I'm this Doc is just in case you don't know, Doc is my also my personal physician. I like saying that. It makes me sound rich. Um <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, around Christmas time I had to go over there because my heel started hurting. It was something like Achilles tendon thing, and it's still hurting, Doc. Well, let's inject that sucker with some cortisone. Oh what do you, bring it in, baby. Bring it in. I'll bring my I'll bring my Achilles tendon into you sometime. <laughs> and uh all oh, these poor Canadians, I feel so bad for them, their health care system. Oh, my gosh. I guess it's starting to open up a little bit up there. I don't know what happened with the truckers. I think the uh, the police started busting on the truckers in Ottawa, and the, I guess they all went home. I don't know if they're still there or not. Their press is not caring anything about it at this point. They probably have been told, no more reporting. So uh, is, there, there was an effort. I know there was an effort to get this underway down here as well. Uh, is that still an ongoing project, do you know, the truckers? I have not seen any real movement. Now, I heard there was a, a convoy that was headed towards uh, D.C., but I don't know if they ever got there or not. And I know the uh, the local police and the Capitol Police were starting to block off roads that ran right in front of uh, the, the Capitol building and the White House and all that. Uh, so I, I don't know where that's at. Uh, it would be interesting to see. Uh, hopefully some tankers will be in that convoy and they'll have some gasoline so we can get a little cheap. <laughs> well, we'll talk to Captain Matt when he gets in here. He knows all that stuff. He keeps track of that. So listen, listen to Captain tonight. He'll tell you. He's all over that. And, uh, you know, I keep thinking, where is President Polk when you really need him? I mean, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I want Texas. Let's go take it. I want Oregon and Washington. Let's go take it. <laughs> and we did it. We got it. Yeah. Did you know that before the Mexican-American War, we actually went down to negotiate with the Mexicans to say, look, Texas wants to be with us. And even though and you say now you don't recognize their independence, they've been an independent country for a decade, kind of like the Ukraine. And uh, we don't want to have to fight you. Why don't you just let us buy it? And we'd also like to buy all the way to the Rio Grande. We want that to be the border and the Mexicans are like, oh, no, no, we don't want the Rio Grande. We want the little river north of it, the the Fuentes or whatever it was. I don't remember. And we said, no, no, we're not going to do that. And so then Santa Ana secretly started marching the whole Mexican army north. And uh, we swept in from uh, the northwest and from the sea, you know, and uh, the shores of uh, Halls of Montezuma, you know, Montezuma. We we landed uh, on the... uh, Caribbean coast and marched into Mexico City. And um, I think the treaty was uh, Hildago. Um, oh, what was that treaty? The Treaty of, 
I can't remember, that ended the Mexican-American War. And we ended up paying for the property that we wanted. We, we got Texas, and we also got Southern California and Arizona and New Mexico, parts of Utah and, and uh, uh, Nevada and a whole bunch of territory out there. But we actually ended up paying for that. Did you know that? I've got a question. Yeah. Can we give Southern California back? Well, we can give the people back. <laughs> we 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 want to we want to keep the territory. Okay. I mean, can we just <laughs> just give the politicians back? <laughs> we can give the politicians and some of the people back, but uh, you know, San Diego and La Jolla, La Jolla. Oh gosh, La Jolla is so beautiful. Have you been there? I have not been to San Diego or La Jolla. I've been close, but never got there. La Jolla is just gorgeous. I mean, I just that that was one of the thrills of my life was to eat dinner sitting on top of those those cliffs overlooking the Pacific and watching all the little wildlife run around down there and those 100-foot-tall uh, um, seaweed things that were flapping in the breeze and the and the ocean, well, the ocean tide, not the breeze, but, you know, the, that, that is just a gorgeous area, and I, I would hate to see us give it back to Mexico. Okay, in we'll fact, keep La Jolla for you then. In fact, I was thinking, look, if we're going to take any more Mexicans, they ought to just give us Baja Peninsula and get it over with. <laughs> that's true. Huh? I, I, that, you know, that's a nice piece of territory. So then we'd have the whole California coast from the tip of Baja all the way up to uh, Oregon, and, and it should be ours. Let's go take it. Let's take it, baby. That's what I'm saying. Seems Where's to be the- all the rage around the world these days, so let's go do it. Where's President Polk? <laughs> What about Putin? Maybe Putin would like to help us take it. He's not had to invade. <laughs> we got about two minutes left, Doc. I want to remind everybody that uh, the Russian czars and, and potentates have, have often fallen on bad political moves and bad military moves. You think about what happened to Khrushchev a year after the, uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. The Politburo came to him and said, Nikita, you got to step down. You almost got us into a war with the United States, a nuclear war, and they would have destroyed us. So uh, we don't know what you were thinking, and we don't like it. We like you. You're a nice guy, although he wasn't. But it's and, time for retirement. Got a nice place on the Baltics, you know. Retired, and his son wrote his memoirs, and he said he was bluffing the whole time, and he was surprised that Kennedy backed out. He was, whoa. And, and, but uh, the Politburo was worried. They thought, we're not going to be around much longer. The Americans are going to nuke us back to the Stone Age. So, and that goes all the way back through Russian history. One czar after another has fallen over bad military moves. So Putin may fall. He may fall. He may fall, guy. You don't know. Uh, we'll see what history has to hold for us. Uh, but it's it's a dark time. It's a dark time, and I'm concerned. I know you are, too. I'm, I'm very concerned, yes. But I'm more concerned right now about you getting your COVID vaccine and getting tested if you need to. We're at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. We have telemedicine visits, too. You can get the COVID vaccine. You can get a rapid antigen test if you think you're sick with it. Or if you're traveling out of the country and you have to have a PCR test, you can get that. And it's only 30 minutes, Ken. 30 minutes you can sit there and get it. You don't have to wait 48 or 72 hours. We do it right there. Because we love you. That's why. All right, Doc. Been great show. 
Very interesting again. Got about five seconds. Want to say goodbye? I want to say goodbye. I love you guys. Ta-ta. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at cancareclinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.